1: All right, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Before we head into the next interview, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention for Prayerfully Yours, and see what's happening across the network on on our news page. Be sure to check it out. That's realpresenceradio.com. All right. Well, we are excited now, Janine, right? We've yeah. got, we got an awesome interview coming up.
2: We do. I'm really excited about all of our interviews, mm-hmm. but this one has very much intrigued me. Well, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating
1: topic. We have Father David Gunter on to talk about the days of Elijah and the coming triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Good morning to you, Father. Thank you for being on with us this morning.
0: Good morning. I'm very pleased to be with you.
1: Well, we are delighted that you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself for our, our listeners?
0: Well, yes, certainly. I actually grew up just outside the city of Boston in Brookline, Massachusetts. I was a boy there in the 60s and early 70s. And of course, the 60s were a very turbulent
3: time. Mm -hmm.
0: And although I had a very happy childhood, like so many people, sadly, at the age of 14, as a teenager, I started using drugs, started smoking marijuana. And so for many years, I really was a lot of loneliness and pain and confusion. Um, although I managed to go to college, I got a degree from Northeastern University. I went out to graduate school to get an MBA, but it was when I was in graduate school that I started using LSD.
3: Mm, oh I,
0: I had, you know, I tried cocaine and mushrooms and speed, but I really liked the LSD. And unfortunately, I was going nowhere. I, I got my MBA, and I was really was governed by fear—a fear of failure, a fear of rejection. So I kept getting temporary jobs, and and my life went on that way for a number of years. Uh, uh, Amazingly enough, I always went to Mass, but I I didn't understand our Catholic faith. I didn't pray. I didn't go to confession. Um, There was a seed there somewhere deep down, but it wasn't doing much in my life, and I was really following role models that I saw in movies and television. So it was uh, a very difficult period, and eventually I had a bad experience with LSD. I was gardening, and I suddenly realized that I couldn't see or hear anything. I was completely blind and deaf and absolutely terrified. Uh, I had to concentrate to get back to reality. And I did come, you know, my hearing came back first. I heard birds singing, and my vision returned. I just went and lied down on my bed and realized I had a problem. It was a Friday afternoon. The next day, Saturday, I went to Mass. And for the first time in many years, I actually said a prayer. God, I don't know if you're there, but you are. I need help. I'm obsessed with drugs, but I have to stop. Please help me. And that was a turning point in my life. I suddenly found myself talking to our pastor, kind of blurted out. I had a drug problem, went to AA, and and got off the drugs. Uh, And it was really a turning point in my life. But even more dramatically, it was six months after being sober and having to deal with life that I was getting depressed. Mm. Although I was off the drug and knew that God was working in my life, uh, I didn't know which way to turn. I had no direction. And so, in the middle of the night, I'm lying in bed and I thought I'd ask Our Lady for help. And I simply prayed, Sweet Hail Mary. That was it. I'd never asked her for help and I wasn't even quite sure. I fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was this incredible bang. It woke me up. The mirror that had been hanging on my bedroom wall had fallen to the floor. But it didn't break. I just rolled over and went back to sleep. When I woke up in the morning, there was the mirror on the floor. And I looked up on the wall where it had been hanging, and there were my rosary beads. Mm. They were on the nail behind the mirror. I had lost them. Uh. Now, I'd never prayed a rosary in my life. In fact, I didn't even know how to pray the rosary, but I thought, well, this is interesting. (laughs) So I grabbed them, put them on my bedside table, and fixed the mirror and hung it back up. But just a couple of days later that I met these two women... They had been on a a pilgrimage to Medjugorje, and they talked about how a lady had appeared over there. I thought, wow, this is amazing. I just prayed to her, and now I'm getting this. Um, It changed my life. I Mm -hmm. started praying the rosary. I started praying the rosary every day, and within two weeks I went to confession for the first time in 10 or 15 years. And really, that was a change in my life, and God started to heal me and to build me up. It would take many years. But uh, that's got me on the right road, and and God gave me Catholic friends. Yes, we we're all struggling, trying to be holy, and not always know where we're going, but we supported each other. And for the first time in my life, I had hope. So I have an awful lot to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. God has been very good to me, and Our Lady. That's why I have such a strong devotion to Our Lady.
2: Well, and we're and we're so grateful for that incredible incredible story witness that you're, you're giving to our whole listening audience and to Brad and I as well. I mean, it's, it's just so important uh, that we remember that we are sinners and we need God's grace and we need our lady uh, that helps us get through those times. I think
1: it's just such a powerful testimony, father, that the Lord God, our lady, um, you know, the divine plan is always at work, even when we have no interest in it, you know, that, that she's right there with you. Uh, you know, in, in a time where it's not like you're reaching out to her, uh, but but she's there being a mother, and that's just—I think it's glorious.
0: That's it. You know, I think more than anything, when I think of Our Lady, I think of her as mother. Mm. Uh, I, I've heard that that's her favorite title. I don't know where I heard that. Mm. I don't remember. But it's very fitting. Yeah, the maternal love has been perfected in her immaculate heart more than anything. We can relate to her as a mother, and she certainly has been a mother to me. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. well, Father, I, I want to say. So we're gonna, we're talking a little bit this morning about Elijah and the immaculate heart of Mary, the coming triumph of the immaculate heart of Mary. And your your topic uh, fascinates and intrigues me because, uh, as Catholics. Yeah, we actually spend a fair bit of time talking about Jesus and Mary and the saints and the graces that we've received from the coming of Christ and so on. And, and we know that there are the patriarchs in the Old Testament that are that are models in many ways. Um, you know, David and Abraham and, and Elijah. We know Elijah is the great prophet. I have a son named Elijah. Uh, and yet, you know, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I very seldom think about St. Elijah. It's not a, he's not a part of my prayer life. You know, I, I, I love the example that he is, but I think as, as Catholics and as Christians, sometimes we can forget the Old Testament, um, what would you say, patriarchs, but prophets, the, the people that, that are icons of God's action in our lives. And so I want to I delve into Elijah a little bit here. Who is Elijah? How is he a prophet for our times?
0: Well, Elijah, let's start, but he was very much a prophet. He, uh, let's see, he was roughly 900 B.C. to 850 B.C. Uh, He's considered one of the greatest prophets because he wielded the power of God that hadn't been seen since Moses. Hmm. He actually stopped the rain from falling. So Elijah is more than just a prophet. He's a prophet of judgment. Hmm. And this is why it's so important for our day. Because when when we enter into a period of judgment, and God is going to do extraordinary things, he raises up extraordinary prophets. And this is what Elijah really represents. Um, So he's not just a prophet, but a prophet of a time of judgment that was coming upon the people. So that's one of the key things to understand about Elijah. But also, just as important, it was prophesied that Malachi that Elijah would return. And what I discovered when I was reading Malachi... He was a prophet from roughly 470 B.C. to 420 B.C. I realized in reading his prophecy that Elijah would return twice. Hmm. And we see it in the first time in John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. Now here is a subtle point that I want our listeners to understand. That when the archangel appeared to Zechariah and prophesied about John the Baptist, he said he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So when we think of Elijah returning, it's really the spirit of Elijah. It's the power of Elijah. And that was what we found in John the Baptist. Mm. And of course, our Lord Jesus identified him as Elijah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, and, uh, can I ask you a, a quick quick little aside, Father? As something that's yeah. always been kind of a curious thing. Because when, when uh, John is asked if he is Elijah, he denies it um what's what's the deal with that if you don't mind taking a moment to to...
0: no i don't mind and that's that's a credible point i don't think john the baptist realized that the spirit of elijah was with him Mm. he was a very holy man obviously uh probably without sin but that's speculation sure but but he was but he was very much john the baptist but it was really it's the holy spirit that was with him that spirit of elijah that came into his soul that gave him the power to be such a witness to prepare the way for Christ our Lord. Hmm. And often, you know, we don't recognize the Holy Spirit working in us. It's just I have to say, what that day really went well today. You know, my prayers were answered, and the Holy Spirit can be helping us, and sometimes we don't even recognize it. Yeah. That's why it's always good to do an, uh, uh, an examination of conscience to realize God's blessings that work in our life. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: cool. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is that is wonderful. So I interrupted you. Go
1: continue on Father. Sorry. <laughs> no.
2: Well, so Malachi, you know, he prophesied
0: that yes, Elijah would come. And it's in Malachi three one. He says, Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before. That was exactly John the Baptist's mission. He was preparing the way for Christ our Lord. But also in Malachi four five, he says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. The great and terrible day of the Lord, that's a period of judgment. Hmm. That's and we know that we're facing judgment. So we should be looking for the spirit of Elijah to come back into the world. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Wow. Yeah,
0: it's, this is big. This is very, very large, and this is why it takes me four talks to go through all these details to help people understand why we should be looking for Elijah. But again, it's, it indicates a period of judgment.
1: Interesting, interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, Father, can you tell us, like, what challenges did Elijah face, you know, which sure. provide, you know, a really an exciting and unexpected dimension to the coming triumph of Our Lady? Can you kind of share with us his challenges?
0: Yes, certainly. Uh, he was sent to the ten tribes of, northern, uh, of the, uh, the Kingdom of Israel in the north. And when the twelve tribes divided politically— very quickly, they divided spiritually as well. And so they had become, under King Ahab, a polyistic culture. So they're all manner of gods uh, being worshipped. And if you look at our culture today, we have this, too. There's the New Age movement, people worshipping nature. We find yoga everywhere. Witchcraft is on the rise. I mean, it's, it's it's frightening, but it's there. It's very much on the rise. So we're living in an age where there's a polytheistic culture as well. People worshipping all these different gods. They've abandoned Christ and they've forgotten him. At the time of uh, Elijah and, King, and the days of King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, there was child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We have abortion. Uh, and King Ahab and Jezebel, they had a disordered relationship. Jezebel was taking a prominent role, King Ahab was stepping down. He was very passive. Mm-hmm. It was almost a role reversal. And there's terrible confusion today in male female relationships. So we're finding that coming uh, as well. So the very conditions that Elijah was facing back all those centuries ago, we're finding again today. This again points to the fact that we should be looking for the spirit of Elijah to come back in, into the world, to help
1: us. Wow. If you're just tuning in right now, this is Real Presence Live. We are speaking with Father David Gunter, and we're talking about the, the relationship of the days of Elijah and the coming triumph. Of the Immaculate Heart. Um, Father, is there a relation to some of the Old Testament liturgical feasts in the coming triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, as we kind of shift a little bit the focus to, to Our Lady?
0: Yes, there is. And this is where it gets complicated, but, but perhaps the most fascinating. And we have to go back to the time of Moses. Uh, at the time of Moses, God established three feasts in particular. And it was so important, it's mentioned three times in the ancient scriptures in Exodus twice and in Deuteronomy for example in Deuteronomy 16:16 16, 16, God said through Moses three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place which he will choose at the feast of unleavened bread at the feast of weeks and at the feast of booths also known as tabernacles mm. now those they didn't know it at the time but those three feasts were a roadmap for the future that would be the future that uh, our Lord Jesus would bring about. And when our Lord Jesus went to John the Baptist to be baptized, John the Baptist didn't understand, Lord, you should be baptized me. And our Lord said, allow it for now, for all righteousness must be fulfilled. What our Lord Jesus was referring to, the righteousness that had to be fulfilled was his feasting. Yes, our Lord came to die for our sins. Yes, he came to give us the gospel so that we would know how to live our lives of peace. But he also came to fulfill these ancient feast days. Mm. And the most obvious one, of course, is Passover, which is the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We know that our Lord Jesus was the Paschal Lamb. All Christians, even when they're not practicing the faith, have some understanding of this. But what people often misunderstand is that he also came to fulfill the Feast of Week and the Feast of Booths. And then, I don't want to go into a lot of detail, because, you know, I think it's just too much, and our listeners will be confused, but I do explain how he fulfilled those feasts as well. But for now, it's it's just enough to know that he did that. Now, having fulfilled the Feast of weeks, the Christian counterpart is Pentecost. And Pentecost was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was a harvest festival. And that was the beginning of a new period in, in salvation history. Is the beginning of the Church, and now we have, in, what I like to say, a new exodus. The original exodus at the time of Moses was an exodus from a political slavery. Our Lord Jesus began a new exodus, an exodus from the slavery to sin. Mm-hmm. And this period will come to an end for the fulfillment of the Feast of Booths, or Tabernacles. Mm-hmm. And that will be another outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the triumph of Our of Immaculate Heart will bring that about. I hope this isn't too
1: confusing. I'm trying to keep it very simple. No. It, it's, it's fascinating.
2: Yeah, it really is. And, and there's no coincidence with God, and it all ties together. And we're just so grateful that you can help you know, get us thinking on this and the connections. And, and it's really wonderful. So, so well, Father, we've talked a
1: little bit about, about Elijah and the feast. How does Our Lady play yeah. into this? How does the Immaculate yeah. Heart specifically
0: wound yeah. up with this? I know. The connection between our, the, the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart and the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, I wasn't quite sure. I, I knew that that was the truth, that the triumph of the Immaculate Heart will be that fulfillment in the world. But it took me a while to get the connection, and it turns out Our Lady made it for me. It's not very well known, um, but we're all familiar with Our Lady of Lord. When she mm-hmm. came with the Immaculate, and identified herself as the Immaculate Conception to Bernadette Soubirous. And she appeared 18 times to uh, Bernadette. The last apparition was on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. At Fatima, when the 70,000 people saw the sun spinning in the sky, Lucia had three additional visions, representing the, the uh, mysteries of the rosary. The joyful mysteries were represented by St. Joseph holding the child Jesus, and the, Lucia saw him blessing the of and blessing the world. The Sorrowful Mysteries was represented by our Lord as an adult who was blessing the world, and Our Lady was there with him as Our Lady of Sorrow. But the Glorious Mysteries, which really represent fulfillment and our hope, Lucia saw Our Lady appear as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Now, I know it's not been approved by the Church, but it was never condemned. When Our Lady appeared in Rendell, she came as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And as we know from Elijah... He had this incredible battle with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. So this indicates that there is an intense spiritual battle going on. That was what Elijah was facing with the prophets of Baal. That was a spiritual battle. But it was manifested physically when the uh, fire came down from the sky and consumed the Holocaust in the wood, and the false prophets of Baal were defeated. Well, Our Our Lady, coming as Mount Carmel, is pointing again to Elijah, but more importantly, this intense spiritual battle, which she will be triumphant for.
3: Mm. (laughs) Wow. You know, (laughs) it. I wish wish
2: you were in Fargo, but I'm sure happy for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, (laughs) (laughs) uh, that they'll be able to, um, you know, talk to us about the mission coming up. Uh, You know, we have... A few minutes to talk about that, and and to our listening area. Even though we're ten dioceses, this might be something that you want to <laughs> think about attending. Wow! Make a pilgrimage. It's yeah, make a pilgrimage. Um, this is just fascinating. It,
0: it is fascinating. Now, when I first developed this program, I took ten weeks. I went to a hermitage for ten weeks hmm. and wrote and wrote the um, and wrote wrote this program put it on PowerPoint. And uh, it, was, it was an amazing ten weeks. I, I, in fact, when I was praying about it, I said, Lord, do you really want me to do this? If you do, I want you to give me a teaching. And he gave it to me instantly. Hmm. And it's when our Lord Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who took and put yeast in the dough until it was full. And our Lord gave me an instant understanding that the woman is Our Lady, and the yeast is grace, and the, and the, and the flour is, is humanity. And Our Lady will keep pouring out graces until we are full. That is the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Hmm. And so then I knew, and that's when I spent 10 weeks. Now, as I say, this is a pretty in depth teaching. We're just glossing over it here, we're just highlighting some key points. But when I gave this mission a test run, people were a little overwhelmed. So eventually I had to water it down just a little bit, not a lot. And I created a workbook to go along with it, because in essence, I'm taking notes for people that they can review before coming to hear the talk each night. Mm. And and that has helped them tremendously. Uh, It's it's an amazing uh, program. People are generally fascinated. They come back each night because they want to know. People are thirsting for the truth, and they want to understand the times that we're living in, because it seems like it's hopeless out there. It's not.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, wow, so so, Father, this you're going to be giving this mission in uh, Zumbrota, Minnesota, and that's going to be March this coming Sunday, March eighth through March eleventh through Wednesday, March eleventh, right? That's correct. yeah. And so each evening begins at seven p.m.
3: Um, yes, yeah,
0: seven p.m. It's the Church of Saint Paul, seven forty nine Main Street South. Okay. And uh, if they if they want to call the parish for more information, i that number here: five zero seven. Seven
1: three two, five three two four. Okay, and you have got you. Do you want to kind of give a breakdown of what you might talk about a little bit uh, each of the days?
0: Yes, uh, the first night, I it's really a, a, an introduction. Uh, we go over how to use the workbook, and and we talk about the background of, of Elijah, and that uh, this concept of the spirit of Elijah, because this is not. This is something Judaism has as well. That the spirit of Elijah was known to come back to help help the uh, the Jews, and they still believe that today. Just like as Catholics, we believe that the saints intercede for us. Exactly mm-hmm. the same concept, mm-hmm. and, and we go into Malachi's prophecies that we can understand how he prophesized that Elijah with the spirit of Elijah would come back twice. So that's that's sort of it uh, of the first talk, and and the second talk. We go into depth in Elijah's mission to the northern kingdom of Israel, and we go into detail, and we talk about the persecution, which, by the way, perse- the Christians are the number one persecuted people in the world. Mm. That's, yes. another, that's another um, analogy with the days of Elijah. So we look in detail at his mission, and then we also spend some time looking at John the Baptist uh, and first century sin, uh, because after all, the spirit of Elijah was with John the Baptist. The third talk is probably the most difficult, but the most fascinating. That's when we delve into these ancient Jewish feasts uh, and to get a clearer understanding, and particularly the fact that two of them are harvest feasts. You know, in the Gospel, that Lord Jesus was always talking about the harvest. Well, it's because of these harvest feasts that he came to fulfill them. So it gives a different sense to our Lord Jesus' mission as well. Uh, and so it's one of the more difficult uh, talk, topics, but it's the most fascinating.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in the fourth talk, the final night, that's when we bring Our Lady in. And we really look at her as Our Lady of Mount Carmel in this intense spiritual battle, which will ultimately lead to her triumph. Mm.
1: I, I love how you are, are wedding together the the Old and New Testament. And, and you know, St. Augustine talked about how the Old uh, is in the New revealed and the New is in the Old concealed. Uh, and, and how, as you say, the becoming more and more familiar with what God has done in and through his people in the Old Testament, cast light on what Jesus has done for us now today. And, and it's, we can, it only draws us deeper into an understanding of who Jesus is for us, who Our Lady is for us, right?
0: That's absolutely correct. And um, as I had hit this program, I just got so excited about the Old Testament and mm-hmm. Moses and the Exodus. And I just want to give you this one final thought about Exodus. As I said, with Moses... He began a period of exodus from political slavery. With our Lord Jesus, He raised the exodus uh, uh, to free us from the slavery to sin. Mm -hmm. As we're coming to the end of this period, what is happening in the world, because there's such a mass rejection of the Gospel, people are falling back into and in danger of becoming into political slavery which we call communism, mm-hmm. and this is what Our Lady warned about at Fatima, yeah. the errors of Russia. Communism is a political slavery, and if people in, will de- are determined to reject the gospel, this is what will happen to them. But for those who remain faithful, not only are they going to be free from the slavery of communism, but more importantly, the slavery from sin. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it 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 is. It's it's not just fascinating, it's real and oh, uh, it's, and very, it's real. very real and and i think that you know for our listeners if you're in the the Rochester Winona diocese area and you're able to make this re- uh, this uh retreat um well parish mission, uh, parish mission yep. but it definitely um it's so important that you make it there. March 8th through the 11th, uh, it will just really help not only enrich in your Lenten journey, uh, but also your life uh, from here on out. Yeah. You know, it's uh, very powerful.
1: Absolutely. Father, uh, we are just coming to the end here, uh, but I, I really want to thank you for being on with us uh, this morning and, and for being willing to share this message with uh, the people that God's sending you to, because I think it's, it's really a, an important one.
0: I thank you very much for having me. I've, I've never done live radio before, so <laughs> I was a little nervous. But uh, I'm so pleased to be have this time with you, because uh, I, I think it's important. When people understand, they'll be less frightened. And you know, as I often say, the most basic message of divine mercy is Jesus. I trust in you, and we just have to trust. It's all going to work yes. out.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: Yeah, we know we know who's already won, but it sure helps if we're we can gain in our knowledge and wisdom uh, by Our Lady's grace.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Father, for being with us this morning.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you both.
1: All right. Well, God bless you. All right. Up next, we'll talk about why it can be so hard to retreat from our busy schedules and share one way to remedy this. And later, its mission is to renew Catholic families by awakening and strengthening Catholic men. Keep it right here. Another great hour of Real Presence Live is coming up next i